Better and Longer with The Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from fitness.com, and welcome to The Fitness Show. So today, I am going to do a Walt Disney World Marathon Weekend Recap. And for those of you who are like, Fitz, I wanted it last week, sorry. <laughs> Just a reminder, I do a lot of race announcing, I travel, I own the Morning Mile, which keeps me chasing my tail. I have several interns, and uh, we put together the Hottie Body Fitness Challenge, and I am on the go. Oh, and I have two kids, and they get as much of my heart and my time as much as I could give them. So I'm sorry if this didn't come out quickly enough, but I've been working on it. So please always be patient with me, and I will continue to try and uh, record as many as possible as often as I can, because I really like connecting with you guys, and I completely value those who tell me how much it means to you to have me go for a run with you or actually um, be a part of your race day when you listen to my podcast while you're doing your half marathon or your 5k. So I want to do these podcasts as much as you want to hear them. So it's a it's a win-win for both of us and I don't take it for granted that you like my show and you actually want to listen. So again, I'm excited to do this now. We did the Walt Disney World Marathon preview right before Walt Disney World Marathon. And now I'm going to tell you about my experience, not only on my own perspective, but with you guys. And what an absolutely wonderful week it was. And you know what's interesting is uh, Walt Disney World, or Run Disney, I should say, has changed a lot of things in the past few years. And, and things that have really upset the customers. A lot of people have left Run Disney and said, I'm not doing it anymore. You're charging more. You're offering less. And we're done. And I get that. I get that. Uh, Run Disney still has a very special place in my heart for very many reasons, but for the most part, it's because of the people. And so many of you who fly out to Orlando from Timbuktu, and it's the gathering place. It really is the biggest gathering place for so many of us who have this running thing in common. And I've been so fortunate to make so many great friends, not only people that are you know, disciples of mine as people trying to get fit or taking my strength training for runner's guidance. I've met so many people when I was teaching clinics for Run Disney. But the running groups, you know, there's the Be Our Guest podcast lizards and team shenanigans and the Mickey Milers and groups that I have no authority over, people that have just included me into their groups as another runner for friendship and fun. And it means a lot to me. And although I love working for Run Disney. That's always been a great privilege. It's kind of nice to show up just as a runner. You know, I go there and I don't have any technical work responsibilities. I get to go there and have fun and um, go through the gauntlet of running the races like everybody. And there's no paycheck involved. It's just me being a runner. And I love that. I love that. So um, I got there Wednesday. If you're unfamiliar with the Walt Disney World Marathon, here's the deal. Uh, there's an expo that goes Wednesday through Saturday. That's where you pick up your bibs, do shopping, and so forth. But the races are Thursday morning at 5.30 a.m. They have a 5K. Friday at 5.30 a.m. They have a 10K. Saturday at 10.30 or 5.30 a.m. They have a half marathon. And 
Sunday at 5.30 a.m., they have a full marathon. Some of us, the sane folks, do one race or a couple of races. Many people do all the races, and they call that the dopey challenge. So this this weekend is broken up into individual races, and then there's the goofy challenge, which is running both the half and the full marathon, which is pretty intense. And then there's the dopey challenge, which is all four. And we all run the gauntlet of experiences and you know, I'm I'm a super fit person who just chose to do the 5 and 10K. And it's appalling to me that I just said just the 5 and 10K because I'm super proud over running one 5K or one 10K. Uh, but when you get to a place like Disney with thousands of people doing all four races, you get into this bizarre, it's, it's not even a belittle, belittling mindset where you say, oh, I'm just running the full marathon, because you're not saying that to diminish your, your 26.2 miles, but to categorize yourself as I'm not doing the whole thing, I'm just doing one race. Uh, so that's kind of weird. It really is weird to hear someone saying, oh, I'm just doing the goofy challenge, meaning I'm just doing 39.3 miles this weekend, that's all, and it always comes across badly, and everyone says, oh, it's not just the goofy, or it's not just the marathon, but there we are saying it. Um, But it's fantastic and exciting. And, you know, if you've not been a part of this, you would have your mind blown because, of course, this, I hate doing the numbers. I think it's 49.6 miles. I think it's 49.6 miles that um, encompasses the Dopey Challenge. But you're not thinking about, you know, the people that look like they win a Spartan race. This is everybody, your average Joe. Walking to Walmart, anyone you see in Walmart could technically be a dopey challenge finisher. And I'm not kidding you. The the bodies, the faces that cross these finish lines, you go, whoa, I can't believe that person just did 49.6 miles in four days. It's extraordinary. And that's the best part of it because it really makes fitness seem doable for everybody. And the ages you know, very old people doing the challenges or just doing the any of the races, the body types, the um, people coming through on prosthetic legs. I mean, really, I think we had a dopey guy with a prosthetic leg. If he can do it, you know, what's all of our excuse? So it's a very inspiring place full of every type of person, every color person, every creed person. I think they have 50-something countries represented, every state represented. It's a hell of a good time. But again, I'm there for the people. So I got there Wednesday, cold as hell. Every uh, That's an oxymoron, cold as hell, but it was cold as hell. And uh, I got there. I just wanted to run in, get my bib, and get the heck out of there. But it is, that expo was the most busy I've ever seen. And I've never seen lines that long for picking up bibs and so forth. But I got there. I parked in the back of the ESPN Wide World of Sports parking lot, and they have a a golf cart guy that will take people to and from the front. And I thought, I'm getting on. I'm getting out of this cold as quickly as possible. And the guy lets me on his last final seat in the golf cart. And the people behind me go, Fitz! And I turn around. It's the Howes family. Jeremy and Jodine Howes with their two kids. And they're so cute. I was so happy to see them. And that's the beauty of Disney is you have, or run Disney, you have all these people, yet you, you seem to know so many of them. So we had a really fun ride up to the front. And then I waited in the longest line ever to get my 10k bib but I was so pleased Mel Bishop Lori Oliveri came and hung out with me in line and I had never met Mel in person Mel's one of my hotties so is Lori 
and Mel's adorable. Oh my gosh. You know, some of you, I, well, I, you know what? I can say across the board, I feel like those of you who interact with me on Facebook or are in my groups, the one I frequently interact with, I feel like I know you, right? I felt like we know each other, have these, like we go to lunch every day, which we don't. But I always love you even more when I meet you in person. There's not been one person that's let me down where I think, oh, that person's weird or awkward. Why did I like them so much online? No, it's quite the opposite. So Mel is super giggly and bubbly and adorable, and Lori's her mom, and they're just the cutest pair, and I love their fit family that they all pursue athletics, and they've all lost weight and have really adopted running into their life, but we had a lot of fun there. And Rudy came to join the crowd, and everybody loves to meet Rudy, Rudy Novotny. He, he's the, um, I'd say, number one guy announcer at Run Disney, and uh, I work with Rudy all the time. He's one of my BFFs, so we have a lot of fun, but it, it, it was nice for them to get to meet him. So here's the deal. I got in that expo, and I bolted because it was so cold. Oh, my gosh. And a lot of the um, things to do were outside. And I just couldn't take it. So I got out of there quickly. And then the suffering <laughs> got worse because the morning of the 5K, I think the temperature was about 33 degrees. And it, the feels-like temperature was in the 20s. And, and I know some of the northerners, this was really annoying. All the northerners were saying, oh, that's not cold. It's 15. Screw you. If you're a human, 30 degrees is very, very cold especially if you're standing outside in it for two hours. And that is what happens because if you're coming from a Disney resort or even if you're driving in, you have to get there so early. And so I think I got on my little Disney bus over to the Epcot parking lot where the 5K launches. Uh, in fact, all the races launch over there. I got on the bus at 3, which means I got off the bus at 3.30, and then what am I going to do? Just stand outside for two hours. And so there I am outside in the freezing cold. And one would say, Psh, you dress appropriately. Well, sure. But you're not just going to be standing around huddling up. You have to find clothes that are not only appropriate to keep you from dying on the spot for two hours as you stand out in the 20 slash 30 degree temperatures, but then you have to run in them. Oh, not easy to do. It's really hard to find that middle ground. And so I wore some tights, legging pants, uh, running tights, and I had a long sleeve base layer on and I had a t-shirt over that and a jacket. I think that was it. Or maybe I had a hoodie. I had a long sleeve base layer, a hoodie, and a jacket. And my intention was when I got to the parking lot, I would check my jacket in so I didn't have to run with it but it was too cold. So it's the first time in my entire life that I ran in a jacket. I just decided I, I would rather deal with 30 minutes of a little extra hot than two hours of frigid, suffering cold. So fuzzy hat, gloves on, jacket on. I actually put my race bib on my jacket, which is unheard of, but I was out there and um, Anna Hodling, Jenny Smith, and Walter Songer, my hotties, were out there with me. We all joined up, hung out, and that was really, really fun. In fact, before I got to that point, when I got off my bus, I smacked right into Jenny Smith. Missick, why am I calling her Smith? Jenny Missick with her son, 
David, and David is someone I've interacted with for over a year now. He's a little guy, maybe 12, I'm just guessing, maybe younger, but um, we've had a deal. I've, I've FaceTimed David a few times about getting him fit and getting him active, and his mom sponsored their morning mile program, and so David is now one of my morning milers, and he's run over 50 miles at school so far, and he's a total hero. He's doing a fantastic job, and so I was so excited that I was able to see him right away. His goal after the 5K was to get a, fit, a hug from Fitz. My goal is to get a hug from David, and I brought some extra fun morning mile charms for him. So the second I got off the bus, boom, I run into the Missick family, give David his charms, give him a big squeeze. The poor little kids. You know, you think about kids, do they really want to hug adults they don't know? I don't know. But I'm the adult who really wants to hug the kids because I love them all. And uh, he's just so adorable. I was very proud of him. So that was super sweet. David went off with his dad and brother to take some pictures with Goofy or something like that. But anyways, I was hanging out with Jenny and Anna and Walter, who is also fabulous, all three of them. And this is the funny thing. We're suffering. We're just suffering, standing there cold, chatting. But they have these propane heaters, you know, the kind they have outdoors at restaurants, etc. But they're not on. They're not on. They're just out there. Yet all of us are standing around the heater. It was the most absurd moment of the week, at least, to see hundreds of people in little groups surrounding propane heaters, which were not even on. It just showed how desperate we were to get warm. <laughs> As if, I don't know, magically they would, I don't know, provide some sort of heat without the propane. So they had a big tent that is normally used for the race retreat, the VIP that, you, well, not VIP, but the runner's race retreat, you got to pay extra for. They didn't have any of the niceties in there, but we were able to scoot in there for maybe 20 minutes and uh, take the edge off. But out in the crowd at five o'clock and um, I, you know, I started right on the dot. I was in Corral A at 530. Boom. I got to start running. I never, ever got warm once during that 3.1 miles, not even a little warm. There was no um, comfort at all. <laughs> just was freezing. I finished the race. I didn't want to take a picture. I didn't want to interact. I just grabbed my medal, giddy up, got my snack box, and went over onto the bus as quickly as humanly possible. But here's the thing is I get on the bus, and it's, uh, I don't know, 6.10, 6.15, something like that. And we can't move because Rudy's still yelling, go. There's still people waiting to kick off on their race. And oh my God, I felt so bad for them because, you know, if I started at 5.30, they didn't start till, till 6.20. So it was just an extra 50 minutes of standing out in the cold. And, you know, obviously corrals are designed uh, to try and reduce the log jam to have the faster runners up front, slower runners on in the back. And if it were opposite, if you could imagine, if all the slow people started first and then the really whippy people, they'd have to do a lot of weaving through the crowds. And, um, you know, that's why the crowds are designed. It's also designed to just thin out the crowds. If you got 15,000 people starting at once and the roads are only so wide, um, but the cold was a serious issue. And in fact, I finished up that race and I decided I am not going to run tomorrow. I don't care that much. I'm here for the people. I don't care about running that race. I just don't want to come back in the cold. So in my mind, I was done. Not going to run the next day. I was going to be there. I just was going to sleep in and then go interact. But I'll, I'll follow up with that later. One of the things we did have a lot of this that weekend is logjam. 
So even in Corral A, which again, these things aren't to the T perfection. There's a lot of people in Corral A that may do a 16 minute mile. Sometimes you get the people in the back that are doing a five minute mile. You know, it's tricky. Um, but yeah, I had, I was very restricted with my pace, got behind a bunch of people. Um, there's runner etiquette, and we're going to talk a lot about that in the future because I think it's something that needs to be addressed. And, and I don't think these people are mean people. I don't think they're bad people. I just don't think they know any better that a group of people walking eight across, shoulder to shoulder, well, you can't get by a group of eight people walking shoulder to shoulder. It's really hard to do. So proper runner etiquette would say run two to three people across and then line up behind your friends. Run in a, a long group as opposed to a wide group. So for my races, I, I definitely struggled with um, just trying to move at the pace I wanted to. Now, mind you, I'm not in any of this stuff for time. I wasn't trying to break a personal record, none of that. But it is kind of frustrating when you're doing that awkward jog because you're almost standing still jogging and then you say, ah, screw it, I'm just going to walk because this is pointless and stupid. And then you don't want to, you know, you want. I want other people to have a fun time and I don't want to say, hey, move out of my way, excuse me. So it's tough and I heard a lot of other runners complain about similar thing. Disney's a unique beast in some regard because so many people who are, so many people are doing first time races uh, feel comfortable to give it a go and excited and motivated because it's Disney, which I welcome. I love. I think it's amazing. Um, it just creates a different dynamic or a or more challenging dynamic than, say, Big Sur, right? The Big Sur people are pretty aggressively trained because they know what's ahead of them, where some of the Disney training tactics can be um, lax. It just is what it is, and it's fine. It's fine. But I think a little more coaching up of runner etiquette needs to be done. So I'm going to make a little video and I hope you all will share it because it will help both me and you and every other runner. And to be honest with you, I didn't know runner etiquette until someone told me, hey, if you're going to walk, you know, if you're going to go from running to walking, put your hand up high and let the people behind you know that you're going to slow down. It's almost like slamming on the brakes in the middle of a highway. You wouldn't do that. You would get off to the side. And that's my method. I'm a big run walker. I run, I walk, I do the whole thing, but I never just slam on the brakes. If I'm going to walk, I go all the way to the right side of the road. I put my hand up and I make damn sure nobody's going to smash into me and eat my head. So um, anyways, that was an issue with the races, but the medal was super cute. I think it was Mickey chasing Pluto. It was, and they've done a nice job with the 5K medals. Now, I used to really like the colorful rubber medals, but a lot of people complained about the colorful rubber medals. So now they're they're metal medals. They're, I don't know what they're made out of, but they're metal medals, some sort of metal, and they're shiny and very pretty. So um, I think I went back to the expo that day. I did. I went back to the expo, visited some friends because I was able to get indoors, and I was in a much more pleasant mood. Um, but then <laughs> here's with the 10K. So again, I decide I'm done. I am not going to do this 10K because I'm not stupid and I'm not going to stand out in the freezing cold like that. And then I start asking people, should I do it? I become kind of iffy. And then I, I just, my, my whole decision was I will set my alarm for 3 a.m. and make a decision at that point. So I do. I go to sleep at, I don't know, 9 o'clock. And then I wake up at 3 
<laughs> and then I, when I wake up at three, I think, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going back to sleep. <laughs> Forget it. I don't want to get up and go out and stand in the cold forever. So I, um, I roll over, close my eyes, and then I can't get back to sleep. And I'm thinking, come on, Fitz, go to sleep, go to sleep, but I'm not. And then I got in my own head, and I was so mad at me because for some reason, the term that I use all the time, athletic adventure, crossed my head. That was just it. And I'm always telling you guys, go pursue athletic adventure. May fill your life with fun and things to do. And son of a gun, that just those two words got in my head. And then I was thinking about what I tell you guys, and I was all, screw it! <laughs> I was so grouchy. I was like, God damn it. I, ah, shut up, Fitz Kohler. But I did it. I got up. I got in the shower. And this time I dressed more appropriately. I put the tights on. Then I put my Adidas warm-up pants on over. I had a long sleeve shirt. I had a hoodie. I had another jacket, fuzzy hat, gloves. And I had some of those hand warmers. Thank you, Michael Jones, for sharing those with me. And Michael and I did dinner the night before, and he gave me some of his hand warmers, which were fabulous. I put them in my gloves. I put them in my pants. And then instead of taking the bus, I drove my car. So being a Floridian, I drove two hours to Disney World, and I had my vehicle there. So I drove to Epcot parking lot. And if any of you are ever there and you're intimidated to do that as if it's so, so tricky, it's not. You literally just drive your car and park in Epcot like you would if you're going to the theme park. There's nothing complicated about it. So drove in. I was put in the dead last spot as far as humanly possible away from the the entrance of the parking lot where you um, go for the race, but that was fine. So I sat in there in the heat for as long as I could. And again, I put my bib on the outside of my jacket knowing I was not gonna take my jacket off. And so instead of standing out in the cold for two hours, I showed up at my corral at 5, and I was still um, supposed to be in corral A. Well, I missed it. They shut the corral, so I started in corral B, which is fine, just fine. Um, so I started 10 minutes later than I should, I guess, but it was a lot more tolerable because of the extra pair of pants and the hand warmers and the fact that I just wasn't out there for two solid hours because it really was punishing. But um, started off, again, there was a lot of log jam, a lot of weaving around people and moving slower than I had planned. But here's the deal. At mile one, I was able to take off my fuzzy hat and gloves. Put them, I kind of shoved them in the back of my pants and ran that way for a while. And then at mile four, the temperature dropped again. The wind picked up and it got really, really cold. So my fingers were numb. My ears were numb. So I ended up putting the hat back on and the gloves back on. And I, it, I never warmed up after that. It was cold, cold. It was bitter cold. Um, so once again, I got that medal at um, 6.2, and then I wanted to just get out of Dodge. So I grabbed my gear bag, which just had my keys and things, and I stopped to get a hot cocoa. That was nice. I did get that. But then I had the long walk all the way to my car, which felt like I had parked in Egypt. It was so far, and it was so cold, and I was so cranky. This is my idea for everybody next time. And Princess is coming up, and oh, there's all sorts of cold races going to happen for everybody in between now and forever, right? So in gear bag, put a big blanket in there because I had my big, fancy, fluffy white blanket in my vehicle. So once I got in there, oh, it was so much better. But I was thinking, why didn't I put my 
blanket in my gear bag because when you're running, you know, underneath my jacket, even though I never got hot, I still got damp. You know, my skin was damp from sweat. And, and the second you stop running, it becomes a bad experience. So put a blanket in your gear bag. That's going to be my move from now on because those Mylar blankets, I think they're wonderful in the rain and slight temperatures, but they're not really changing your day when it's 20 and 30 degrees out. So blanket, 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 blanket. Put it in the gear check bag. Do not, when you hear temperatures 20, 30, bring layers. Bring the throwaway letter, layers. And on Monday, or not Monday, after the 5K, I made a video and shared it online telling people do not F with these temperatures. It's nightmarish. Dress appropriately, layer up. And people did, and they said, thank you so much. That really made things better because it was horrible. And it's hard to understand how horrible it is until you're standing out there for two hours and then you got your jerk friends from Pennsylvania, Minnesota going, ah, there's a blizzard here. You're not really cold. No, really, we were cold. So shut up. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm pointing my finger into my computer to try and poke those of you in the chest who made such rude comments, but it was really cold. So I was super happy to be done with my races. Hooray! And um, I would have done the half, but here's the deal. I've done the half marathon course at Disney so much, I'm bored with it. If you're a first-timer, a third-timer, maybe it's, it's still got some glitz and glam for you, but I just can't do it anymore. Mentally, I'm done. If this would be a course through any place else, I would have run it, but I just couldn't. I can't. I can't do the U-turns. I can't do the overpass. Um, I like feeling like I'm going someplace. I like the fact when I started running Disney, Everything seemed new and interesting and different. At this point, I feel like I could tell you exactly where every character stop is along the course, where they're going to have a DJ, where they're going to have a limousine parked with some music. I just, ugh, I need some more mental stimulation, and it's not there right now, at least not for 13.1. If you give me a 13.1 through Chicago or Hawaii or someplace I've never been, I'll go for it, but... I just, I'm just literally bored with the course. So what inspires me more is getting to be there for my friends. And I have a great um, luxury where I'm always given an invitation to the VIP tent, and that's where I park myself, and that's absolutely a thousand trillion percent where I would rather be on those days because getting to support you guys and be there <laughs> right before you hit the finish line is magical. So um, before I get to those races, Friday night, we had a dinner for my Hottie Body Fitness Challenge group. We went to, I think it's called the Boathouse in Disney Springs. Nicole Schuster, thank you, thank you, thank you. She arranged it and put an e invite up on our page. And, I mean, we had 20-something people show up, and it was so much fun. And I couldn't be more proud because these are people that are doing my strength training workouts every day or using the strength training for runners to prepare for the races, they've used the exact formula for weight loss, and they've lost 70 pounds, 30 pounds, 50 pounds, eight, Melissa Stefano, 80-something pounds, Rob Stewart, 70 pounds, Michael Jones, 70 pounds, um, Mel Bishop, I don't know how much she's lost, but man, she's lean, the Lawrences were there, Stephanie Shemansky, who wins these races, she was there, uh, I can't forget everybody, Karen Gordon, Julie Marino. oh, it's killing me, I shouldn't have said any names, because um, I won't say them all, blowing my brains right here, but, oh, and, uh, Nicole Schuster's dad, Rick, was there, and he was super cool, Lori Oliveri was there, blah, 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 we had a lot of people, and it just is a source of pride for me, I really, 
you know, I'm grateful all of you who come to me for advice, that you trust me enough to let me into your life and let me help you change your health. That's a big deal. You only get one heart. You only get one set of lungs. Only, you know, your joints are unique. All of these things. And, and when you follow my advice, I'm having an effect on those parts of your body. And it means a lot to me, especially when you have so much success. So it's, it's just really um, fantastic to be surrounded by you all and um, get to know you even better than I do online or at these other events. So the dinner was a blast. Lots and lots and lots of fun. Oh, and I finally got to do a suck it loser post. So <laughs> if you're familiar with team or not team run Disney group on Facebook, they are snarky and sarcastic. There's a little mean spirited thing going on there, but they're funny as heck. And they have a thing called suck it loser. It's hashtag SIL. And apparently you can only post a photo um, and hashtag it suck it loser if you are having a cocktail on Disney property. Now these folks are hardcore Disney and it seems like all of them are always at Disney drinking. And so I'm rarely at Disney, nor do I rarely drink. But that night I had a gin and tonica and... Um, I invited my partner in noise, Rudy Novotny, to pose for a second loser photo with me. And I was very pleased I got to post that because I did it once before. I actually was giving out free registrations to one of the races I run, and I thought I would offer it to some of the folks in that group. And I did the hashtag SIL, and I was berated for it because I'm apparently a big loser. So this time I got to do it right. And I felt very cathartic to finally have a quality suck it loser photo. So I'm more of a lurker in that group. I just, I just enjoy their snarkiness. It's pretty fabulous. But on that night, triumph was had that I got to post. Um, and of course, at Disney World in specific, Rudy is a highlight. So to suck it loser with him, that was a tremendous treat. So anyways, great dinner. And uh, the next morning I did the, I didn't do the half marathon. I got to dress in wonderfully comfortable clothes I think I might have been in jeans. No, no. Whatever. doesn't matter what I was wearing. I was in wonderfully comfortable warm clothes. And I got my butt over to the finish line of the half marathon. And so before you cross the finish line, on the right-hand side of the finish line shoot, there's a big white tent. That's the VIP tent. They have the Disney executives are in there, run Disney staff. Um, the winners are invited in there. So if you won the whole thing, you get to go in. Like top three are in there. And then a handful of extras, maybe sponsors, and me. So everybody's in there having breakfast and being warm. There's the, the race finish line is on a TV. They're all schmoozing, which is wonderful. But I take myself out onto the patio because I want to be there to support the runner. So everybody knows I'll be there. And um, I had Melissa DiStefano come join me and uh, Rob Stewart and Michael Jones were able to join us after the races were over, and they were miserable because it wasn't that the 13.1 was hard for them, but they were miserable because they were so cold. Uh, but I was able to get and give so many wonderful hugs. I mean, you guys are, yeah, you really are the highlight of my life, my professional life. It means so much to be able to have those moments with you. And of course, there's some people that were going for actual time that they flew across the finish and waved, and that was great. But I really have a heck of a lot of fun, and it's always been my um, priority to stay to the very last finisher, which is a really cool thing to do because, you know, the winners are neat, and I totally appreciate their athleticism, but it's the final guy. Who is that person? Who is that person who took the max amount of time 
yet still cross the finish line. And it's the same exact distance, the same exact start and finish line as the winner took. And they get the same medal. And um, I just admired the people because it's a lot harder to be out doing a five-hour marathon than it is a two-hour marathon. And that seems contradictive. But if you're in good enough shape to do a two-hour marathon, you're probably not suffering. Or a two-hour half marathon, you're not suffering too much. If you're out there for five hours, yeesh, that's a burden. That means you have been killing yourself to get there. And so I admire that. Um, Sunday, full marathon. This is where the big party happens. A, I got to wake up a little later because nobody was crossing the finish line at 7 o'clock. Um, but I was actually in the VIP tent for the winners to see them on Sunday, which was nice. It was the first time an American had won that marathon in five years. So that was kind of cool. A little kind of hard to hear that announcement made, but after the fact, we heard it. And then the dopies came in. And so we had a lot of cool, just, just quote unquote, I hate saying that, single marathon runners, people who ran the marathon singularly, but holy mackerel, just such a fun, fun day. I think there was 25,000 people ran the marathon, 22,000 people finished it. So who knows, people, there was the flu going around, so many people were sick, so many people had to bail because they just were, couldn't do it. They got snowed in, couldn't come to the race, so... There's some give and take on why the 3,000 fewer people finish than normal. Um, but wow, it was a fabulous party. And, and I think the philosophy for most of the dopey challengers is not to go as fast as you can at any point. In fact, I do believe there's a lot of, hey, I've got three more races to do. Let's walk this 5K. I've got two more races to do. Let's lollygag on the 10k let's lollygag on the half it's not about the time it's about just getting through it and for these people I think the greatest burden is waking up at 2 33 a.m four mornings in a row standing out in that freezing cold for two hours four mornings in a row so my hat my invisible hat is off to them right now because of the grittiness of just doing those things forget the 49.3 miles um, yikes, a lot of burden goes into that sleep schedule. And here's the thing. I called them robot people in my Walt Disney World Marathon preview uh, episode of the podcast, but I think they are robots because those are the same people out drinking all day, going to the theme parks all day. I don't know how they do it. I am not made of steel, and I would have to be in order to get so little sleep and drink so much alcohol and go to the theme parks. Yikes. I don't know how they did it, uh, but they did it. And so I really got to be there. I must have had a thousand hugs that day. Um, you know, there's a lot of people running through the race who, have, who don't know me from Adam, and that's just fine. And then there was a magical amount of people who came over and gave the big hugs, and we took the selfies. I got the sweaty hugs, and the amount of people who collapsed and cried in my arms was pretty sweet, pretty special. And it's interesting because so many of you messaged and said, I'm sorry for crying in your arms. I couldn't believe I was there. And I thought, what an, what a gift to me to be that person there for you. And I love you so much. I'm so happy to be there for you. So it was great. How many people came through with a beer in their hands, with a margarita? There were far fewer turkey legs this year than there were last year because gross you, <laughs> but there was some dude who ran by with a massive donut just holding it up for the announcers to see. 
And um, always huge kudos to Rudy and John Pelkey, who they are the dynamic duo. They're so fun. I love their deep, burly voices. The comedy there is fantastic. Those are the guys where you don't put on script. You give them a bullet point, say, don't forget to recognize these sponsors, get these points across, but they are um, comedy, entertainment gold on the microphone together. I love them. Cree Kelly joined in, and he's such a lovely man. He's been hosting the Disney World Marathon for 24 years. I think he missed the first year. Or maybe he missed one in between. I know he had cancer treatment about five, six years ago. So I know he's done 24 out of the 25. And this was the 25th anniversary. Um, This was also the fifth anniversary of the Dopey Challenge. So there's some perfect marathoners, some perfect Dopeys. The people that have run all 25 of the Disney Marathon so far, they are guaranteed free entry for the rest of their lives to that marathon, which is pretty special. But Cree's a sweet potato and genuinely loves the runners too. So... You know, I'm I'm grateful to have those friends and work partners. They're they're absolutely wonderful and very genuine in their um, efforts to take care of you guys. And when you cross the finish line and they call you name call your name, it's they're genuinely excited for you. And uh, not all announcers are like that, but they really genuinely care. Uh, so so it was a wonderful day. It was absolutely wonderful, and the amounts of Uh, hugs were fantastic, but I just took so much pride in all of you. And some of you said, I think Julie Marino said her, is it Julie? I think it was Lori Weiner who said it was her final two miles of the marathon were her fastest. It might've been Julie. I'm sorry, ladies, getting confused, but Mark Zulke, Mark ran with his daughter, Jill, it was his very first marathon he ran this time, and I've told the story a few times, but um, Mark got into running. He and his wife used to go support his daughter, Jill, as she ran Disney races, and they really enjoyed supporting her together. Then his wife had breast cancer, and she passed away, and so Mark went back to support Jill at a race, and he found it was no fun without his wife. So he asked her if he could join her for a race, and he started with a 5K, and since then they've done many half marathons together. Um, across the globe, in fact, is run Disney Paris, run Disney California, and Walt Disney. But uh, this year, it was his very first marathon, and uh, I couldn't have been more giddy to see him running up. He was wearing this beautiful red My First Marathon t-shirt, and here's the deal with Mark. He's also being treated for bladder cancer. So, you know, what kind of hero to go to decide I've got cancer and he's had it for a long time. He's been fighting this for over a year. He decided to train for his first marathon and his doctor supported him and he did it. And it was it was very special to be there. And um, the hug is one I won't forget. And I know he'll do many more marathons in the future. And I think four days after his marathon, he began chemo for bladder cancer. So Mark, so proud of you, always rooting for you. And in fact, I'm going to give you a plug soon because I have your phone number, but <sighs> magical day. Oh, Richard Green. So Richard Green's my guy in California. He's a hottie. He's lost 160 pounds and he literally did couch to 5k and then pushed it and pushed it and pushed it. And I've had the luxury of doing the tango across the finish line with Richard Green, who he and his wife are ballroom dancers, but we've tangoed across the end of a finish line a few times. And uh, this time he had to walk the marathon because he's having some medical issues. Um, He came. I was so excited to see him. And he's super tall. I think Rich is 6'6". 
So I'm jumping up, I climb up on the fence, I give him a big hug, and Michael Jones is going to take her picture, and I lay this big smooch on Richard's face, <laughs> his cheek, and he had this look of absolute horror and pain as though my kisses were filled with acid. It was spectacular. It was so great. So sorry for torturing you, Richard, but I couldn't help myself. And Ken Allegra, I got to give two kisses to. I think that's our thing now. I think Ken gets finish line hugs and kisses, but uh, eh, just a wonderful, wonderful week. The temperatures were much better for the half and full marathon, and I was grateful for the runners for that. And, you know, even though things have changed with Run Disney and they've hemorrhaged a lot of loyal uh, customers, some of them came back this year. And Eddie McCoy, Eddie McCoy is uh, infamous in Disney, Run Disney circles, a great guy, and he's switched to triathlons. He's an Ironman. He's doing a, a variety of multi-sport um, races. But Eddie, he put on Facebook, and he's very blunt, which is one of the great things I love about Eddie, is he said, you know, I really have been sick of Run Disney, and I didn't want to come back, but I came back this time, and it was so fun. And I think so many of us have that in common, that I, I'm not I'm not sure that they've improved the things that they've let go over the years. I don't think there was any improvement in the course or the entertainment or any of those things. However, we had each other, and we had a wonderful group of people, and everyone was in really good spirits, despite the flu going around, despite whatever nasty bug was penetrating the entire country, um, people had a fabulous time. So I'm, I'm grateful I was there. I will be a princess. And again, no interest in running that half marathon. I'll probably do the 5 and 10K. Uh, but I just want to see you guys. I, wanna, I want the hugs. And, and so thank you for those of you who, <laughs> there was, who was it? Oh, Tim. Yeah, it was Tim at the start of the 5K. He turned around. He goes, you're Fitz, right? I said, yeah. He goes, I listen to your podcast. Can I have a hug? <laughs> I said, Absolutely. And then I felt bad because I didn't get to give him his hug in the second day because I missed my corral. But uh, I got a finish line hug from Tim at, at the end of uh, the marathon, which was fantastic. But I love that. Please introduce yourself. If you know, you're someone who knows me because of this media thing I do, great. Let me know. I want to know you too. I want to be able to have those moments, get to know my listeners, my audience, and maybe we can talk about your personal fitness, or maybe we could talk about, I don't know, politics or movies or, or dogs, something like that. But I, I really, uh, that's why I go. I go because of you guys. You know, I can go for a run here around town any day. I don't need to go to go do the races. And I've done these many times. So it's not that I'm there because I want to run through World Showcase, which is nice, but I'm there for you. So please give me the opportunity to get to know you better, to have the hug, to share the moment. If we're having a dinner, please join us. I just, I am literally there for you guys. And, and I know so many of you are like that too. Maybe you're not there for me, but you're there for each other. And it means a lot. It's a lot of fun. So anyways, Walt Disney World, Marathon, Don't Be Challenged, all the robot people, all the regular people. I love you. It was a fantastic racecation for all of us. I hope those of you who are sick have recovered. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing you all soon. Don't forget, if you haven't already done so, follow me at Fitzness. That's F-I-T-Z-N-E-S-S on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Let's interact. I have my photo album of all the pictures taken. 
from the Walt Disney World Marathon. It's on my personal profile page on Facebook, but you can check that out too. Fitz Kohler, they're public, so even if we're not personal friends, you can check that out. There's a lot of good stuff in there. And uh, don't forget to stick around, listen to Rudy Novotny tell you about my Before School walking running program, The Morning Mile. It's in almost 300 schools around the world. We've run well over 3 million miles, and I need your help to get more kids moving in the morning. All right, team, I love you all. Get to work. Bye. Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. Wouldn't it be wonderful to give the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can. The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children the chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, morning milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The morning mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting morningmile.com. Champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities. That's morningmile.com. Long may you run.